Jude, that little book right next to the book of Revelation, we'll read verses 17 to 23 in a second. If you'd like to have your bulletins open to page 7, it'll be helpful for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. In May of 2011, Harold Camping had the world holding its breath, metaphorically speaking. His disciples filled Times Square and Union Square, maybe you remember this, with their propaganda. They, they passed out tracts, and, and his calculations and his predictions that were purportedly based on Scripture seemed so certain. They seemed so sure, at least to a few. Robert, his name was Robert Fitzpatrick, he was so certain about Harold Camping's predictions that he sold and he spent his entire life savings of $140,000 to begin a giant marketing campaign here in New York City. And you saw the results of that. You saw the billboard on the BQE. You saw the people in Times Square with the signs. You saw the marketing that took place, the publicity on the subways and and the trains of New York City. And the message was the same on all of them. said, Jesus returns May 21st, 2011. Judgment Day. I can remember watching the news on May 21st, 2011, and Brian Williams, the news anchor for NBC, mentioned, he said, today some people think the end of the world is going to happen. Google reported that in the days leading up to May 21st, 2011, that the second most searched item on the internet was the end times. When will the end of the world happen? Of course, on May 21st, 2011, the world didn't end. In December of 2012, then, the world again, once again, was holding its breath. And this time, it was because of what people call the Mesoamerican long count calendar. Or in other words, the calendar that the ancient Mayans used. And for some reason, on December 21st, 2011, that that calendar abruptly ended. And the experts debated, well, why did it end? And of course, just like Harold Camping used the Bible as his own propaganda tool, the New Age people used the Mesoamerican long count calendar for their own propaganda. And they said it must mean that the world is going to end. Hollywood grabbed onto this idea and they produced a big-budget blockbuster film, remember this? Called 2011. And it became one of the highest grossing films for the entire year. This prediction based on this calendar inspired celebrations all around the world on December 21st, 2011. And once again, Brian Williams gets on the news and he says, some people think the world once again is going to end today. And of course, once again, it didn't. Here we are again in 2014, 
And in our world, people are filled once again with fear and panic. ISIS is running rampant in the Middle East, beheading people. Ebola now is not some far-off thing in Africa. Now Ebola took a ride on our subways. Just this last week or a couple weeks ago, Nicolas Cage came out on the big screen once again with a film this time called Left Behind. And it's a story. It illustrates what some people think of false theology that Jesus is going to come back and rapture these people, and then all of a sudden, for seven years, the world's going to fall into complete chaos, and then Jesus will come back again and fix it all. It's based on a New York Times best-selling series. According to Pew Research, this is interesting, 47% of Americans believe that the world will end within 40 years. See, end-of-the-world predictions are just not going to go away. Instead, more than ever, we live in a world that is filled with fear and panic. Now, people people generally react to these end-of-the-world dire predictions in three different ways. Some people become... Fanatics, people like Robert Fitzpatrick who who go off and at the word of one man, their own herald camping, they sell everything, spend everything, and then dive into a bunker because the end of the world is coming. And instead of this is instead of believing the clear word of Scripture that no one knows the day or the hour. Some people, on the other hand, become fatalists. They give up. They think, there's nothing that I can do about it. Jesus is going to come back. We're in the end times. Ebola? ISIS? What can I do? And so like any good Epicurean, they say, eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. The best thing that I can do is forget about it all. Other people become cynics. And this is probably the most dangerous one of all. And they think, I've heard it all before. 2011, Harold Camping said it was going to end. Again, the ancient mind said it was going to end in 2012, December 21st. But look, we're still here. And they scoff. The Bible calls the cynics scoffers. Because they believe that there really is no end to the world. It's our goal in this sermon series that we've titled How to Survive the End of the World to give you clear teaching about what Jesus and His apostles say about the end of the world. But more than that, we want to help you respond in a spiritually healthy way to end times predictions and prophecies. And, and, and these healthy spiritual reactions are not going to include fatalism, or cynicism. If you want to hear all the teaching on this, you're going to need to come to church for the next five weeks in a row. But today we can talk about just one way to spiritually respond 
to what the Bible says about the end of the world. And we're going to focus in on Jude's words from verses 17 to 23. And here's what Jude's encouragement is to people living in the last times. He says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are men who divide you who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained, by corrupted flesh. Jude's words here, they're they're a very direct call to action. And it's not a call to fanaticism. It's not a call to fatalism. And it's definitely not a call to cynicism. He says to us in very, very direct language, seven different encouragements. He says, remember the word of the apostles. He says, Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. He says, pray. He says, keep yourselves in God's love. He says, be merciful, snatch others from the fire, and show mercy. So in this little section, what we have here are seven different imperatives for people living in the last time. Do you feel a little overwhelmed by that? Let's back up just a little bit and and capture his main point. He says to Christians who live in the end times, who are at the end of the world, he says, stay together. He says, look, some people are going to come. And the first thing that they're going to try to do is divide you. They're going to try to divide you because then they can put in their military strategy of divide and conquer. He says, don't let them do that. Stick together. And while you're sticking together, here's what you can do. Build each other up in the most holy faith. He says, here's another thing you can do. He says, pray together. When somebody begins to wander away from the group, bring them back. When someone begins to live in sin, snatch them out of the fires of hell. Bring them back into the fold of authentic Christian community, and then you will survive the end of the world. He says, we could put it another way, everything that Jude says is plural, not singular. Everything that he addresses to the people here is not addressed to the individual, but to the group. He says, but because if you are on your own, you are vulnerable, but when you are together, with other Christians, you're going to be okay. This last week, the World Series began, but higher ratings were given to a show called The Walking Dead. It's a show that has a post-apocalyptic 
seen, and a quick search on Wikipedia will tell you what it's all about. It's interesting to us today because, once again, it shows us that Americans are fascinated with these end-time scenarios. But it's also interesting for us and important for us today because it can teach us something. The show always says when these zombies are walking around that when you are on your own, what happens? You die. But when you are in a group, you survive. Nature teaches us this too, doesn't it? Why do flamingos always stay in a flock? Why do cows spend time in a herd? Why do wolves spend time in a pack? And why do Christians spend time and group together in a local congregation? Because alone, we're vulnerable. Because alone, we might die. But together, we're safe. Together, we'll be okay. As Americans, we, we celebrate the individual, don't we? Individual achievement. But in the Christian church, we don't. In the Christian church, we celebrate unity. In the Christian church, we celebrate the group. Because being alone is dangerous. The lion is prowling. He sees a sheep all off by himself. The group is over there in greener pastures. So the the lion, he, he creeps and he crawls. And he positions himself in between the flock and that little sheep. And he cuts them off. There's no return now. The lion thinks he has them. He lunges at that little lamb's throat. And then all of a sudden... Wham! The staff comes down on his head. Jesus was there, just like he promised. And the lion goes running off, whimpering, with the beginning of a giant headache. And Jesus looks that little lamb in the eye. And the lamb knows exactly what he did wrong. Never again would he be alone. To him who is able to keep us from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Do we ever need Jesus? And don't we need each other? Dear Christians, Jesus is able to keep you from falling. He is willing to present you holy before the Father. This is His promise. It's called the preservation of the saints. He will keep you from Satan's harm. He lived for you. He died for you. And He promises to keep you holy all the way to the end. And now He has given you gifts to keep you strong. He gives you the Holy Christian Church so that you will stay strong until the end. So some specific encouragements for you this morning. If you have not joined a local congregation, do it. Because there, you are together with Jesus. 
If you have not joined one of the small groups at Sure Foundation, do it. Because there you are together with Jesus. If you are already a member of Sure Foundation Lutheran Church, if you are already a member of a small group, take the next step. Begin to build up your fellow members in the Holy Christian faith. Begin to snatch those who have strayed out of the fire. Be together with Jesus. The end surely is coming. But with together with Jesus, we await His coming of mercy to eternal life. There's an old proverb that says this. It goes like this, something like this anyway. One who teaches himself has a fool for a teacher and a student. Jesus knows that about us. He knows that about us, so he has given us his word. He has given us his sacraments for the forgiveness of sins. He has given us Christian pastors to keep us in the flock. He has given us each other. This is his plan. This is his plan to help us survive at the end of the world. That we would never be alone. So he has brought us together around his word and sacraments. So with Jesus and with each other, we are together and will not only survive the end of the world, we'll thrive at the end of the world. Amen.